Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 16. It says this, it says, I don't mean that I am exactly what God wants me to be. I have not yet reached that goal, but I continue to reach it and make it mine. That's what Christ wants me to do. It is the reason he made me his. Brothers and sisters, I know that I still have a long way to go. You ever felt like that? God, I have a long way to go. I thought I got somewhere, but I still got issues. Look at the person next to you, tell them I got issues. And if they didn't tell you that, tell them you lying. He says, I know that I still have a long way to go, but there is one thing I do. Sometimes it's not, a, it's not about the many things you do. Sometimes it's about the one thing that you do well. And the Apostle Paul says, listen, I don't got it all together. He says, but the one thing I do, he breaks it out in two pieces. He says, I forget what is the past. I forget what is in the past, and I try as hard as I can to reach the goal before me. I keep running hard towards the finish line to get the prize that is mine because God has called me through Christ Jesus to life up there in heaven. All of us who have grown to be spiritually mature, now this is a beautiful passage here. We're not going to touch this verse today, but I put it there because I just believe that it shares to us how insightful the previous scriptures are. He says, those of us who have grown to be spiritually mature should think this way too. So what we just read, he says, hey, if you're growing spiritually mature, you're going to think this way. He says, well, think this way too. And if there's any of this that you don't agree with, God will make it clear to you. You know what I've realized? I've, st- I've stopped trying to convince people of something they want to argue with me about. I said, God, I'm just going to pray that you make it clear to them. Amen. How many of you got some family members that you're just tr- tired of trying to make it clear to them? I said, Lord, he's in your hands. Blessed be the name of the Lord. <laughs> uh, God will make it clear to you, but we should continue following the truth we already have. I want to kind of leapfrog to one more passage of scripture, and it's found in Galatians chapter 4, verse 7. And it says, you are no longer, someone shout no longer. It says, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. I want you to look at the person next to you, and I want you to tell them the title to today's message. Would you tell them this? Tell them this. This is no longer the hoopty. Yeah, tell them. Tell them like you you mean it. Tell them, this is no longer the hoopty. This is no longer the hoopty. You'll understand what that means later. Uh, Can we bow our heads and pray? Father, we, we thank you, Lord, for your spirit is here. We thank you that you are speaking to us even right now. We thank you, Lord, that the words that are going forth, they're not my words, but they are your words to your people. We thank you so much for speaking to us so clearly today. We thank you that we can be in your presence, in worship, and experience all that you have for us in these moments. We love you, Lord Jesus. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Um, have you, do you, does anybody here know what a, a hoopty is? Does anybody know what a hoopty is? Like, you know, hoopty is, uh, a hoopty is, 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 is that vehicle, that car that has about 200,000 miles, and instead of getting rid of it, you allow it to take you from point A to point B. I don't know about you, maybe you used to own a hoopty, maybe you now own a hoopty, but I think one point in our lives, it's good to own a hoopty. I mean, I owned a hoopty. Uh, you, know you know what a hoopty is. You know you got a hoopty if, 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 if you're the driver and you have to enter through the passenger door. You know, you know you got a hoopty if you pull up to the drive-thru of McDonald's and Burger King and you got to open the door because you can't roll the window. You know, <laughs> you know you got a hoopty that your, your alignment is so twisted that you can't let go of the steering wheel because the moment you let go of that steering wheel, it will turn you back around and make you go the opposite direction. You know you got a, you know you got a hoopty when, when you try to convince your mechanic to pass your... Uh, your inspection so you offer him about a hundred more dollars just to make sure he give you that sticker. You know you got a hoopty. I'm just saying, do we got any hoopty owners in the house or former hoopty owners in the house? I, I, you know, you know you got a you got a hoopty when you got three different name brand tires and four wheels. I'm just saying, but I I had I owned a hoopty for about five years and for five years, I drove this car, and at the end of the road of, of this car, uh, it got me to the point where this car uh, uh, had a huge antifreeze leak, and it was so bad that it would only take me about 15-minute drives. That's all I had. So what I would do is I would travel around with two gallons of water. If any of you knew me during that time, you know exactly what I'm talking about, because in my trunk, I had two gallons of water, and I would put them in my trunk, and then I would fill up the car with complete water up to the top. I would fill it instead of antifreeze, because antifreeze was like $16, and I ain't trying to buy $16 every single day. So I would take two gallons of water, I would pour the, the, the water inside the coolant opening, and then I would go to work. I would go upstairs, I would fill the two gallons of water, and I would take them back down. And when I had to go back home, I would fill the car again with antifree with water, and then I would take me 15 minutes to get back home. I, I had a hoopty, but uh, this was towards the end of the hoopty, of the of the life of the hoopty. I had about almost 200 miles. But prior to that, we 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 experienced regular day hoopty stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, like I, my car had this beautiful, unique. Uh, attribute that it would, it, it, you couldn't lower the window all the way down. And the reason why is because if you lowered it all the way down, it would not go back up. So systematically, we said to ourselves, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to lower it all the way, or we're going to lower it halfway. Because what happens is, is that what you had to do is, if it lowered halfway, you had enough grip to give it a little boost. See, the window just needed a little boost. It wasn't that it wasn't working, it just needed a little boost. And so you would give it a little boost, boom, simultaneously, you would flick the button up, the window would go up, but with a little boost. See, but if you brought it all the way back down, it had not enough grip to go all the way, to, to give it a little boost. So what we would have to do is we would have to take the whole thing apart, bring, stick our hand all the way inside, give it a little boost from the bottom, and it would, take, it would be an all-day experience if that window went all the way down. I can't tell you how many times it was yelling and screaming in the car. Because someone on the passenger seat will let the window go all the way down. Now, Lisa didn't drive at that time, so you could tell who was the one losing his mind and driving crazy. 
And so that window would, if any time the window went all the way down, it'd be like, oh my goodness. Yo, this, this car was messed up. This car was so bad. Like, you, you could put the, the key in the ignition and you would turn it and you could take the key back out. <laughs> this car was the bomb, man. Like, you take the key, you turn it. I can't tell you how many times I just, I was driving and I turned and the key would fall on the floor. I'm like, oh my gosh, should put it back on there. Sometimes it worked out. It was convenient because you could just go back. It was, it was like a 2,000 vehicle. So I would go back and I could, the car would be running and, I, and I'd be inside the house so I could open up the trunk with the back. And, 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 and this was a, a hoopty. Now, fast forward, uh, we're in a new vehicle. A new vehicle is purchased. And, and now in this new vehicle, uh, you had to see us for the first week because my wife, I, I remember she, she wasn't driving at the time, so she was still in the passenger vehicle, and she has upgraded now, so I am now all, only the one on the passenger vehicle. Baby, take me to here. Take me to the mall. Take me here. That's right. You're my chauffeur right now. That's why God brought you into my life, to give me a hope in a future. You know what I'm saying? And so my wife was still at the passenger side, and I remember the first couple of weeks, she would lower the window, and she would get scared. She would lower the window, so she'd be like... Oh, my God. She would lower it all the way down. She's like, oh, my God, baby, I lowered it up. I'm like, nah, baby, this is no longer the hoopty. I, 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 think, I think it's important to see this example because I think so many times it's interesting that she was in a new car but had old car tendencies. Oh, my God. See, see I think that... This happens even in our life today. I think that God has given us a brand new life. God has given us a hope in a future. God has died for our sins to give us a new way to live, a new way to function, a new way to operate. But so much so, there is so much momentum from our old life. There is so, uh, so, so, much, so much that we've become accustomed to in our pattern of living that we are in a new life. And so we are in a new vehicle, but we're still functioning as if we are in the old vehicle see 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 God has given us a new life but we're still trying to enter the front seat through the passenger side God has given us a new life and we're still traveling with two gallons of water to fill in but I came to tell someone here today you are no longer in the hoopty See, this is no longer the hoop that you are no longer uh, obligated to operate in the way of life you used to function in. You have a new life. You have a new purpose. You have a new calling. You have a new way to live. This is no longer the hoopty. Is there anybody here that is grateful that we no longer have to live the way we used to live? We have a new identity and a new way to function. In Christ Jesus, this is no longer the hoopty. See, in the apostle Paul, he wants to communicate this to his listener, to the church in Philippi. He says, he says, I don't mean that I am exactly what God wants me to be. I have not yet reached the goal, but I continue to reach it and make it mine. That's what Christ Jesus wants me to do. It is the reason he made me his. Brothers and sisters, I know, watch this, I know that I still have a long way to go, but there is one thing I do. I forget what's in the past, and I try as hard as I can to reach the goal that is before me. He wants to say, listen, I'm not what I ought to be but I'm, I'm surely not what I used to be. He, he says, listen, I, I know it seems sometimes that I look a little bit more polished than others. I know sometimes it seems like I got it all together on the outside, but I want to let you know that I'm not what I ought to be. 
but I'm surely not what I used to be. What does he want to see in our modern day vernacular? What he's saying is saying to this, I may not know all the details of the new car that I just purchased. I may not know how fast it goes. I may not know how long it'll last me. I may not know if it has Bluetooth or red tooth or orange tooth, but I know this, that I can lower the window all the way down. I know this, that I stick the key in the ignition, it's not gonna fall out. And I know this, that I no longer have to carry around with two gallons of water. I'm no longer in the hoopty. This is, this is, this is, I don't got it all together. I don't got it. Listen, I, I think that we ought to praise God because here's where we live. The Bible says that if you are spiritually mature, you understand this one reality that I'm not what I ought to be just yet. But I'm, I'm surely not what I used to be. And I thank God that I may not have made it. I may not have be at the place where God wants me exactly. But I'm surely not what I used to be. I think sometimes we stress ourselves out because we're not where we ought to be. But I think we ought to praise God that we're not where we used to be. I think we need to praise God. Hey, listen, I may not be able to love my wife exactly the way God wants me to love her. But I know this, that I'm not abusing her with my words the way I used to. I may not be able to serve. God the way I want to, but I know this, that I'm not serving the kingdom of darkness the way I used to. I may not be in church every single Sunday religiously, but I know this one thing, I'm not getting twisted every Saturday night the way I used to be. I'm not what I ought to be, <laughs> but I'm not what I used to be. I'm no longer in the hoopty. This is no longer the hoopty. And the apostle Paul, he says, he said, listen, man, I got a long way to go. I struggle too. He says, I haven't reached my goal. He, he, he says that I have so much more to go. But he says, listen, I, I, what he wants to communicate is I'm not there yet. I, I find it interesting so many times when people, we, people, we see other people's successes. I see the Apostle Paul and he might have looked a little bit more polished than other believers. He might have looked like his life had it all together. But he wants to say, hey guys, listen, I go through stuff too. And they look at his success, and I, you know what, when I hit me the other day, it's interesting to me how many times we make excuses for other people's successes. Am I preaching to anybody here today? See, see, and instead of taking inspiration from people, we make exceptions out of people. And Paul's saying, listen, I ain't got it all together. Listen, I know I might look a little bit more polished, but I still go through. I know I may not look like what I've been through, but I still go through stuff. I find it interesting, can you imagine, can, 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 did it ever occur to anyone that while, listen, I get calls all the time, pastor, uh, you know, because I think that pastors sometimes have an image of they got it all together and they go through stuff. Can I be honest with you? I think I've been honest with you as a pastor. We go through stuff. <laughs> did it ever occur to you that while you were calling me for marriage counseling, that I was rebuking demons out of my wife, the very phone call that you got. Did it ever occur to you? Did it ever occur to you that while you were complaining about not paying your cell phone bill, I was trying to figure out how to pay rent this week? Did it ever occur? Listen, just because it doesn't look like what I've been through doesn't mean I don't go through. And Paul wants to say, listen, I'm not there yet. I still go through stuff. And so what we do is that we make, we make, we start, come on, we've all done it. Like, I, we make exceptions out of people instead of taking inspiration. And we start saying things like, well, that's easy for you to say. 
Well, that's easy for you to say because, you know, of course, of course you can, of course you can forgive. What they did to you wasn't as bad as what they did to me. Of course you can, of course you can give generously. You live with your mom. Of, of course, of course, of course you can give because I, you don't have as many bills as I do. Of, 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 of course you can serve and be there at church at 7.30 in the morning because you don't have nothing better else to do with your life. I have so much to do. I have to be on Instagram and making sure that I got my 3,500, 600 likes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, we make excuses for other people's successes. And we see people flourishing and we see people growing. And sometimes we look at our own lives and Paul is saying, listen, I go through stuff too. I got bills too. I got baby mama drama too. But if that doesn't hold me back, I'm going to move forward and I'm going to take hold of the thing that God got took a hold of me for. He says, I'm not going to let what the reason that, I'm not going to let the reason that God got a hold of me for stop me from me getting a hold of that same reason that he got a hold of me for. He's like, I, I, I want to get a hold of the thing that God got a hold of me for. He says, I want to make mine the reason that God made me his. He says, I don't want to get stuck in the past. So this one thing I do I get of hold, I, I, I let go of the past, and I take hold of the future that God has for me. And I want you to uh, write this down if you're taking notes. Again, the title of today's message is, This is No Longer the Hoopty. You could put that on Facebook and explain it to someone else later. <laughs> I want you to, you could release the past. Release the past. Release the past. I, I want to, Paul is saying, what I'm telling you today, that we all have a past. See, we all have something, we all have something that we need to let go of. We all have something that we have to release. We all have something that we regret. We all have something that we're not proud of. We all have something that has hurt us. We all have something that may, maybe doesn't make us too happy. We're not happy with some of the things that we've done in the past. But the Apostle Paul, man, he had a past. The Apostle Paul has some failures he wasn't proud of. The, the Apostle Paul had some issues that he had to deal with. He had something to let go of. It's not that the Apostle Paul didn't have something to let go of. Oh, no, he had some things that he needed to deal with. And the Apostle Paul, if you look at his story in Acts chapter 9, the encounter he has with God, if you know anything about the Apostle Paul, this guy was a judgmental person. His name wasn't originally Paul. He was known as Saul of Tarsus. And, and Saul at that moment was someone who would judge people and point the finger and look at people's wrongs and he would hold himself to a certain level and standard of the law and he would hold people to that same standard. He was one of the people that uh, 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 with such zeal went after the first church in that time. He went after them. He would destroy families because the apostle Paul would, if you even mentioned the name of Jesus, if you said that you were a Jesus 
follower, the apostle Paul was so zealous that he was going to make sure he single-handedly shut down every single person that said that they were a believer, every single person that said they loved Jesus. He would go into your house by law, he would grab you, he would bind you, and he would place you in jail. He was one of the first people that actually co-signed the martyr of Stephen. Stephen was the first known martyr in, in New Testament history, and the Bible says that Paul co-signed, or Saul at the time, Saul co-signs his death. What does that mean? He, with a lot of, of excitement, saw Stephen getting stoned to death. And when I say stoned to death, I'm not talking about the way we see stoned. I'm talking about they got rocks hit to their faces. Not the, no, not that. Not stoned, but stoned, okay? And so he would see Stephen get rocks struck to their face until Stephen died. And he thought, yes, that's right. That's right. Because he was so zealous. But then one day, I love this because this is, the, this is a beautiful interruption. I love God's interruption because just when you thought you had somewhere to go, God shows you that you were going the wrong place in the first place. And so here goes Paul. Paul says, I'm going to go to Damascus. And in Damascus, I'm going to grab every single person that says that they're a Jesus follower. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to place them in jail. What he didn't know is that God will reveal himself in the person of Jesus Christ. A light will shine down from heaven, will come in two and yell in his ears, Saul, Saul. Paul, why do you persecute me? He says, you think you're harming other people, but you're actually harming me. You think that you're persecuting the people, but you're actually persecuting me. And at that very moment, he says, yes, Lord. And the Bible says that he's blind for three days. And right there begins the, begins the transformation process in, in the Apostle Paul's life. And he now starts looking at his life and realizing in his encounter with Jesus, he had a way of living. He had a way that he was accustomed to to functioning. He had a way in which he thought he can operate in life, but what he starts realizing is that no, this old life of mine does no, no longer functions in this new life that God has given me. The Apostle Paul starts realizing, wait a minute, what's happening here? Because I, I, I'm so used to functioning this way. I'm so used to operating in this type of mentality. But he's realizing the person that he's becoming. He starts learning his newness. But his old life is still there. His old life is still calling at him. But he starts realizing, listen, I, I used to put people in prison. Now, now I'm setting people free. I used to be filled with hatred. Now I'm filled with compassion. I used to persecute, persecute Christians, but now I'm preaching to unbelievers. I used to be motivated by religion, but now I'm compelled by his love. He's, he's saying, oh man, ah, this is no longer the hoopty. He says, I'm, I, I'm, I'm realizing that it's, it's me, but it's not me. I'm realizing that my desires are changing. I'm realizing that the things that I used to love, I no longer love. And I'm realizing that the things I used to hate, I no longer hate. But those things that I used to hate, now I love. I used to hate the church, but now I love the church. I used to love wickedness, but now I love righteousness. Paul is realizing he's having an identity crisis. And he's, he's saying, this is why we need to let go of the past. Listen, we all have a past to get rid of. Listen, we all have a past. You have a past. 
I have a past. The apostle Paul has a past. But he wants to tell you just because you have a past doesn't mean that your past has to have you. Am I preaching to anybody here? He's saying, he said, just because you have a past doesn't mean your past has it to have you. So he says, he says, this is what I do. He says, I, I, I release the past. I forget the past. I let go of the past, but I'm reaching. He says, I'm letting go of something so that I can obtain something. Sometimes your hands are so filled with your past that you carry it into your future. And it is the material that you begin to use to create your future. But this is, you have to release the past so you can work with the present that God has given you in order to live out the future that he's planned for you. He says, for, he says listen, listen, forget, forget the past. But here's the truth. You can't forget what you keep rehearsing. See, so many times in our lives, we take the CD of our past. Some of you guys don't even know what a CD is. Listen, you get an iPad. iPod. You get a CD, a CD. I can't believe I'm explaining this. A CD was something that used to hold the most about 80 minutes of music. And sometimes if that CD would get scratched... If you played it inside your CD player, it would begin to skip. And many times we, our life is skipping because we keep hearing the same lyrics, lyrics, lyrics of our past. And somebody needs to take out the CD from the CD player, throw it out, and buy yourself an iPod. The Apostle Paul said, forget the past, but you can't forget what you keep rehearsing. I want you to write this down. When we don't get past our past, the past passes us by to produce our future. I know that's a lot of P words, but that's what happens when your, your pastor used to be a rapper. When we, <laughs> when we don't get past our past, the past passes us by. It doesn't just pass us by. What happens is that we bring it into our present. And it, listen to me, listen to me, listen, listen to me. I want, you, I, want to carry, I want you to carry this. This is why our future looks so much like our past. Because we carry it into our present and then we usher it into our present. And then now our past becomes the material that we use to create our future. This is why uh, sometimes it's not that our kids are born that way. It's that we impart things into them. Can I preach? And so, so many times, uh, uh, see, because if you don't let go of your past, you will impart your past into your legacy. See, if you don't let go and if you don't defeat the giants of your past, your children will be faced to fight the giants that you could not overcome. Listen, I made a decision. I made a decision years ago that through my, through my family tree, there's, there's history and history of sexual immorality. Through my fat family tree, there's history and history of, 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 of idolatry. But I made a decision when I was 17 years old and I was addicted to pornography and I was convinced of sexual immorality and I thought that that's how I will be for the rest of my life. I made a decision that it will not pass this life right here. I made a decision that I'm going to defeat the giant because it's not my 
son's responsibility to defeat the giants that were assigned for my life. I don't know if there's anybody here that's willing to say, I'm, let, I'm letting go of the past. I'm defeating my giant because I refuse to allow my children to be faced with the giants I cannot defeat. Come on, y'all, to give God a praise in this house. If you're forgetting your past, if you're letting go of what's behind you, if you're taking hold of what's ahead of you. See, and we, if we don't get past our past, then our past passes us by. Because, see, I want to, Paul says, listen, your past is history, your future is a mystery, and your, and your present is a gift. And that's why it's called the present. Because it is God's gift for you to let go of your past. It is in your present that you have the power to re release and reach out. It is in your present. This is why it's called the present. Because it is a gift from God. And God is saying, listen, no, if you have a present in your life, that means your past has not defeated you yet. If you have a present, if you're alive and you're breathing, that means that you don't have to operate in the hoopty any longer. That you don't got to keep lowering the window to halfway because it needs a little boost. You could... You you can lower that sucker down. You, can, you don't have to walk around with two gallons of water anymore. Listen, I know you're accustomed to functioning that way, but you got to let go so that you can receive. You got to let go of your past so you can receive the future that God has for you. I refuse to allow my children to inherit the past that I've experienced. I refuse. I, I look at my children. I look at their life and I say, my God, they will never have to go through what I've gone through. They will have their own giants to conquer, but they surely will not be fighting giants that they inherited. In the same way as children of God, we have an inheritance. It's the same way our children have an inheritance. And I, I, if anybody knows me, I'm a stickler when it comes to kids because I look at kids at this, as this beautiful material that God has given us to create the future that we will one day have. And I at my son and I look into his eyes and I speak life into him. I'm not a perfect parent. I'm not what I ought to be, but I'm not what I used to be. And because I'm not what I used to be, I impart in him all that I can based upon what I know at this moment. Someone say, release the past. Someone shout, release the past. Say, release the past. Say, release the past. As cheesy as it may sound, next time your past comes calling, let it go to voicemail because it has nothing new to say. Shut down the CD player, take out the CD, get yourself an iPod. I, I, I dare even say that not, all, not only do you need to let go of the failures of your past, but you also need to let go of the successes of your past. Because so many times, we, we learned this in business, that, that the greatest threat to future success is past success. You know why? Because so many times we, 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 we hold on to the past successes in our life and we coast in our present and then we stumble in our future because we're coasting based upon what the successes we've had in our life. I remember that during my time in my, in my divorce and I was, I remember this moment like it was yesterday, I looked into the mirror and I remember I was going through a divorce. I lost my job. I lost my family. I lost my cars. I lost my house. I lost all these things and, and, I, and, I, and I looked at my life and I said, well, I looked in the mirror. Ooh, hold on. I looked in the mirror and I said, well, Ro, I'm not crazy. You talk to yourself too. Some of, some of you need to talk to yourself a little bit more. 
I looked in the mirror and I said, well, Ro, I was 27 years old, and I looked in the mirror and I said, well, Ro, you had a good run. I said, you had a good run. You've traveled to, to many places that other people haven't traveled to. You've ministered in different parts of this country. You've made a decent amount of money. You've had a family. You've had a two-level uh, 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 two apartment. You've had two cars. You've had uh, money saved in the bank account. You, you, you've had a good run. And I remember the Holy Spirit whispered in my ear, and it's as if he was speaking through me. He looked at me in the mirror, and he said, he said, boy, he said, your better days are ahead of you, not behind you. I, I don't know if I'm speaking to someone today, but maybe you had past successes. Maybe you at one point in your life, you say, oh man, God used me and God did so much in my life and God did this and God, you have to see my heyday. You have to see the time that God used me. You have to see all that I, got, I accomplished. Listen, those are crumbs compared to the feast that God has for you. He says, your better days are ahead of you. They are not behind you. So stop looking through your rear view mirror because it is small. Look through the expansive, wide, windshield of where you're going don't settle for crumbs when I got a feast for your life if you believe that in this house give God some praise the apostle Paul he says listen I, I need you to capture this he says I want to tell you who you are by letting you know who you are not it's almost as Paul is saying you are so used to being who you're used to being. You're so used to being who you used to be. I need, I need to let you know you are no longer that anymore. I, I want to tell you who you are, but before I can tell you who you are, I need to let you know who you are not because you are more accustomed to knowing who you are not than who you are becoming. But I want to give you a revelation. Who you are becoming is actually who you are. And she said, listen, look at, look, what, look at the Apostle Paul says throughout the scriptures. He says, we are no longer, Romans chapter 6 verse 9, he says, we are no longer slaves to sin. He says, I need you to change your identity. I need you to understand you're no longer a slave, so stop identifying as one. You're no longer bound to sin. You're no longer a slave to sin. He says in Romans chapter 6, he says, sin no longer is your master. He says, listen, you have a new ruler in your life, and it is not yourself, it is not sin, but it is Jesus Christ. You are no longer, sin is no longer your master. Look what he says again. He says, you, are no, long, you no longer live under the requirements of the law he says stop trying to get yourself right let me do the work stop trying to get yourself right if you knew what would fix you you would have fixed you a long time ago he says trust in Jesus don't rely on your the requirements of the law don't be like me trying to get saved through how much I could accomplish trust in my salvation and in that lies the power to accomplish all that I've called you to accomplish he says there is no longer Jew or Gentile he says this is different now 
It's no longer like before. There were Jews and Gentiles. He says, I no longer count on my own righteousness. He says, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but fellow citizens. He says, I want to let you what you no longer are. I want to let you what you no longer have to live by. I want to let you know that you are no longer addicted to drugs. You are no longer an alcoholic. You no longer have to live in anger. You no longer have to live in, in bitterness and filled with unforgiveness. You no longer have to live being with man after man after man. You no longer have to be with woman after woman after woman to find satisfaction. You no longer have to live under the bondage of sin. You no longer have to live under regret. You no longer have to live in self-pity. You no longer have to live in resentment. You no longer have to live in divorce. You no longer have to live in failure. You no longer have to live in the mistakes of the past. You no longer have to live in your disappointments. This is no longer the hoopty. This is no longer that life. This is you have a new identity right now. And what I need you to do is I need you to release. He says this one thing you ought to do is release the life you once knew for the life that is new. Can we put that up? I need you Write this down. Surrender the life you once knew to embrace the life that is new. See, so, 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 so many times in life, the reason we can't embrace the life that is new is because we're holding to all we do know. And so we never step up, step out into the unknown because we are so accustomed to the known. And sometimes the known life that we have, we're used to, yeah, of course, we, we, we lower the window and we, of course, we, this is, we carry around with two gallons, make sure the key doesn't fall off. We're so accustomed to living that. And your past has so much momentum. And he's saying, listen, you need to surrender the life you once knew. What if that's not who you are anymore? What if who you have been up until this time has formed your identity only for God to say that's not who you are. But, but who you're becoming is who you are. What I've called you to be is who you are. I love the way with my son, he'll tell me stuff like, that's not who I am. I'm, I'm just not like that. I'm not that type of person. I'm like, you're 12. I'm like, what kind of Could you? Did you hear that? My son, who is 12 years old, tells me I'm not that type of person. You know, Dad, I'm just not that type of person. I'm the type of person. I'm like, son, you're 12. You're going to change 60 times before you become an adult. You're not going to be. And sometimes we sound like that with God. Well, I'm not that type of person. Why would you limit God to the type of person you are up until the time and, and, and just settle for crumbs when God has so much more for you to function? You know what the type of person I was? You know what kind of person I was? I was a very prideful person. You know what? And, and I was proud of my pride. I was proud of my pride. And do you know how hard it is to be humble when you're naturally prideful? Like, like can nobody convince me that I wasn't the best looking guy alive? That's not funny. I'm just, I'm just. I walked with such pride and the Lord is teaching me even now this year, Rolando, the greatest power you could ever have is the one of my son, Jesus Christ, who, who was God in the flesh 
saw it as nothing to achieve and surrendered it and walked in complete humility. And so I'm learning every day that that's not who I am. Who I'm becoming is actually who I am. I'm not a prideful person. I'm walking in humility. You know what's, what's not easy for me to do? Love people unconditionally. You know what I'm learning how to do? I'm embracing my newness. I'm letting go of only loving people based upon, based upon conditions. And I'm learning how to love people unconditionally. Yeah, you did me wrong, but I'm not who I used to be. I'm not, all, well, I'm not where I ought to be, but I'm not where I used to be. And based upon the knowledge that I have now in Christ Jesus, I know that I can love you unconditionally. You might hurt me, but it doesn't mean you're going to destroy me. You might hurt me, but you're really just hurting God. So I just want to love you, not with my love, but with the love that God has given me to bestow upon you because this is the new of who I am and then guess what it's no longer I who live but it's Christ who lives in me I am embracing the newness of God so you got to surrender the life that you once knew in order to embrace the life that is new and as our worship team comes up today I want to share this last point with you reach for the prize reach for the prize reach write that down in your in your notes, reach for the prize. Reach for the prize. Because here's the truth. That salvation was made free for every single one of us. Because Jesus paid it all on the cross for our sins. Salvation is free. But I want to be honest with you. There is a price to pay for God's calling. It's not easy. Salvation is free. We all only have to receive salvation. Yes, in salvation lies the power to overcome every obstacle you need to overcome to walk in your calling. But let me tell you, to walk in your calling will cost you something. To walk in all that God has for you, it requires you to let go of some things. It requires you to let go of preference so that you can take hold of God's purpose. It requires you to let go of certain things in order for you to embrace. There, there's some things in my life that I did not want to let go of. And, and screaming and kicking, I said, God, here it is. Because I knew that no matter what it was, it was not worth what God had for me. I knew that no matter what it was, it was not worth the purpose that God had for me. For me. And, and, and let me tell you, maybe you're here today and maybe you're saying, listen, I don't know, Pastor Roe, you don't understand my past. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know the trauma that I've experienced. You don't know that I was abused. You don't know that I was hooked on drugs. You don't know that I should be somewhere in the hospital right now. You don't know how I dealt with sickness. You don't know how I dealt with so much stuff. And you say, God cannot use that. God, are you kidding me? Do you know who my God is? Are you kidding me that God can take your life, give you a present so that you can have a new future. I don't think that God calls the qualified, but God qualifies the call. And as long as you have a present, then that means you have the material to create your future. See, you, you, I, I want to tell you today that would you know who my God is? That you think your past disqualifies you, but God says you can let go of your past 
Because God does not need a lot to make a lot. The God that I serve says let go of the past and reach forward to your future. God could take a tiny mustard seed and move a mountain. God could take a skinny little staff and deliver an entire nation. God could take a small lump of mud and make a blind man see. God could take a slingshot to overcome a giant. God could take a little speck of dust and create all of humanity. God could take two pieces of wood and three nails so that he can lie upon the cross and die for your sins. Do you know who my God is? Don't disqualify yourself because of your past. But relinquish your past. And look what he says. He does. He says, I do this one thing. But notice it's broke down in two things. Because he says this one thing is actually one thing because you, you do them simultaneously. You're letting go. You're releasing. But you're reaching. He says, I'm not where I want to be. But I'm not where I used to be. And I'm going to release so that I can receive. I'm going to release my past. I'm going to release my worries. I'm going to release and I'm going to take hold of my future. I'm going to take hold of what he has for me. I'm going to reach for the prize. Isaiah chapter 43 says, Do not dwell on the past. But see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Ooh. Some of you miss that because you, we read that traditionally. We're like, oh, that's one of the prophets from the prophet Isaiah. But he says, do you not perceive it? What are you saying? He's saying, listen, the new is here, but you just don't see it yet. The same man by the name of Paul writes over something similar in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Does that sound like Isaiah? What is he saying? He's saying, did you know that the old is gone? What do you mean? No, I need you to catch that. I need you to understand that the old is gone. And you're still operating under a system that is no longer useful. Hmm. He says the, the, the new creation is here. Did you catch it? The old is gone. He says, but do you perceive it? Do you see it happening? And if our focus is in our past, we never actually see the newness that God is doing over here. Ooh. See, so many times we are rehearsing our past and we're never perceiving the newness of God in our life. And then it's no wonder that we keep repeating the same mistakes over and over and over and over. It's because we're not perceiving his newness. But he's saying, listen, you're focused on something that is no longer here. You're operating under an antiquated system. You're operating under a system that is obsolete. It is no longer useful for where you are. It is no longer useful for where I'm taking you. Listen, you don't need to roll down the window halfway anymore more stop rolling the window halfway stop carrying around with the two gallons stop driving like you only have 15 minutes to drive there is a new thing that I'm doing in your life he says but do you perceive it do you 
you get that the new thing is here. Because every time you're operating under an old thing, you're actually pretending to be something that you're not. See, a hypocrite is not someone that gets on stage and then is imperfect. A hypocrite is someone who hasn't embraced their newness. And God has not changed you. I transformed you. Stop pretending. Because that what you're operating under is, is the old you. You're pretending to be someone you're not. You're pretending someone, you're pretending to be someone you used to be. But the way you used to be doesn't work anymore. Ooh. It doesn't work in this kingdom. It doesn't operate. It doesn't work well in this kingdom. This is why in the Bible, the, the Bible says that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. What is he saying? He's saying there is a new system here. It doesn't work the way you think it works. There is this crazy, crazy way of operating in the God's newness and it's embracing your new identity. And he says the way it works is that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. But no, the first is the first. No, in my kingdom, in the newness, when you're last, you're actually first. You know when you're great, when you're the servant of all. No, wait, I thought the servant served the great person. No, you know when you're great, when you're the servant of all. He says, embrace the newness that I've created you to live in. I don't know about you today, but I've made a decision that I'm going to let go of the old life. This is no longer the hoopty church. Let's embrace all that God has for us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.